In today's show, we look back at Sunday. There were 12 games on. There's silliness all around the NBA. Mickey Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. And we are available on all platforms. 12 games. We're going to talk about them. Congratulations to you if you won your finals today. Commiserations if you lost your finals. Extra commiserations if you're still going into this week. I'm never going to be not negative about it because it's a shit time to play fantasy basketball. That doesn't mean that I'm not still going to bring the same energy and the same shows and the same information that I always do. I'm just here to consistently remind people Don't play fantasy at this point in the season. So, with all that said, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) Ben Simmons will not return in the regular season. I don't think that really shocks anybody. But he's also not going to be ready for the play-in. Or if the Nets get through the play-in, he won't be ready for the first round of the playoffs. And then he might not be ready in the second. Who knows? That's the earliest, according to Woj. Obviously, in a regular season scenario, we're, we're well aware we're not waiting for Simmons to come back. What a wasted season this has been for him. So many wasted seasons. This one, um, some of it's his own doing. Of course, the back injury, maybe you could say that some of that is because of the sitting out earlier in the year and the inactivity. I don't know. But some of it is definitely his own doing. And now he is out for the, uh, for the first round of the playoffs or for the rest of the regular season. Just a completely wasted year. The second year in his career that he hasn't played a single game. Um, Very interesting to see what happens with him in fantasy drafts um, next season. I'll talk about fantasy drafts next season a little bit later on. But that's probably the only major news. Again, with 12 games on today, that's 24 teams in action, and then no games tomorrow. Most of the other things that happened, happened in-game, or I'll discuss when we're doing the recaps of those games. So you know what? I I might as well just flick straight over. Let's just talk games straight off here. First one, early one. Celtics pulled the pants down. Of the Wizards, 144-102. For Washington, that's two games in a row that Ish Smith is now getting the minutes over Thomas Sadoransky. Sadoransky starting. Didn't make any sense, A, to play Sadoransky, B, to elevate him to starter, C, to play him 30 minutes a night. And now he's fading back away. Smith, 16 points, 5 assists, 2 steals. I would say he's a grab, but I don't trust this team at all and their point guard rotations, but... Sure, if you need points and uh, sorry, assists and steals, no worries, go for it. Well, Sadoransky, you know what? He still was useful enough because you only got him because you want assists, and he had seven of them. I think last game he had seven in 20 minutes as well. That's not going to be, I don't think, realistic to count on every game, but the numbers are still there. Porzingis only played 26 minutes, didn't have to play anymore there, while KCP, oh, wait, oh, sorry, didn't have to. They got their ass kicked. That's why he didn't play. Uh, 17 for KCP as well. Well, Kispert, 10 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. 
Kispert's had so much opportunity here down the stretch. He hasn't done anything to really impress me. Avdia, only 23. I would have liked a little bit more. 10-1-3. He's probably a fringe 12-team league guy. Well, Hachimura, who put together a couple of good ones, stunk. Like, that is a terrible line. Seven rebounds. That's it. No points. Missed all five of his shots. No steals, no assists, no blocks. So we've seen the good of Rui Hachimura in the last couple, and the bad here, and the bad in the other ones too. I don't expect Kyle Kuzma to return this season. So Rui is going to get those chances, wrongly or rightly. Wrongly. He's going to play those minutes over a Denny Avdia. And you're going to have to deal with his inconsistency. Dan Gafford didn't do much. Nine points in 14 minutes. While Gilly played 25 minutes. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> He's in a role at the moment, Anthony Gill. And in deeper leagues while Kuzma's out, no one's rostering him. But you've got to be in a pretty deep league. But he's there and he's playing. For the Celtics, they went with Tice over Grant Williams again. But it was Grant Williams who stood up. 28 minutes for Grant. 16 points, 4 threes and 2 blocks on 86%. While Tice had 6 points in 24 minutes with no peripherals or 2 rebounds. Um, I don't think either Tice or Grant Williams are 12-team league players. And they're probably not 14-teamers, to be honest. Tatum had 22, 6, and 7. Jalen had 32, 7, and 5. Big game for Jalen. JB, you've done it again. And Al Horford played 30 minutes and had 10, 8, and 6. Pretty good game from Derek White, I think. 24 minutes, 17, 5, and 3. He also shot unbelievably at 86%. And with Rob Williams out, he's at least on the fringes of 12s. Probably more of a stream option. Well, smart... Didn't do anything. 7-1-7, seven, and seven, but that's that's game result sort of situation, I guess, because of how much of a blowout it was. They just didn't need to play these guys. Um, huge minutes, and that's where that one ends. The next game was a little bit closer. That is the Dallas Mavericks and the Milwaukee Bucks, but Dallas, on the road, gets the victory over Milwaukee. Huge game for Dallas. Milwaukee didn't look right in this one. 39 minutes for Donch. 32, 8, and 15 with three steals and three threes. He's been really, really impressive lately. And even for category leagues, he stepped it up. While Dwighty Powell, with Muxy Kleber out, Dwight played 31 minutes. And he had 22 and 13. And Dwight Powell's the 80th ranked player over the last two weeks. He had 40 fantasy points here. He's had about three or four of these really big pop-off games in the last couple of weeks. You know, you don't trust him at all to do it. But I think he's got to be on at least the 12-team radar. Reggie Bullock, 16 points, 40 minutes, three threes, seven rebounds. He's playing a lot. He's unbelievably inconsistent, but he should be on a roster somewhere. Well, Finney Smith had 11-1-6, and, and Brunson had 15-3-1. And, and the Spencer Dinwiddie, what's reclamation? What's the opposite of that? Like, something, shit the bed? I don't know. Terrible all the season, came to Dallas, had a nice, th great three-week stretch, and now he's bad again. 11 points, zero rebounds, four assists, only 21 minutes, really fallen out of kids' uh, favor in a big way of late. With so many random names popping up as stream options because of bullshit tanking and stuff like that, there's no point holding on to Spencer Dinwiddie. In fact, I haven't used this muscle in a while, the Jack Armstrong muscle. Get that garbage out of here! Yeah, I don't think you need to hold on to... Um, I don't think you need to hold on to Spence. For the Bucks, Drew had 20 with 9 assists and 5 threes, a good game. Giannis had 28 and 10 with two steals, but unfortunately, four of eight from the line. That's really, really harmful on a Sunday. Giannis and Tokatomatu. And you want to talk about harmful. Chris Middleton, 11 points on 21%. Oh, my God. Didn't hit a three. Didn't have any defensive stats. Added nine assists, but that's a stinker. He's 89th over the last two weeks, Chris. It hasn't been the greatest little stretch of games for him. Brooke Lopez, 14 points, two threes. 170th over the last two weeks. 
He played 22 minutes. I don't think he's a must-roster player. Bobby Portis was better, 17-8, and eight, but he's probably on the fringes as well. I think you can stream Portis or Lopez, but I don't really see either of them as musts. Paddy Connaughton's a nice three-point streamer. He had three triples here. And Grayson Allen had eight points, and uh, Wes Matthews had two in his 18 minutes. But the Matthews, Connaughton, Allen Hill, um, Quartet, they're sort of eating each other's minutes and eating each other's playing time and not making any of them really relevant for 12 or probably even 14-team leagues at this point. But relevant for not even 12-team leagues or 14-team leagues, but 10-team leagues or 8-team leagues is Bilt Bar because it is the best-tasting protein bar ever. We are. I'm, I'm ready to be strutting my stuff on the French Riviera, and I've got my Bilt Bar because I need to get jacked. I need to be wearing the old budgie smugglers, getting that six-pack ripped, getting these biceps oiled up, and the best way to do that without tasting something disgusting like a traditional protein bar is Bilt. I'm going to get the great flavor of a candy bar with low calories, low sugar, low fat, low carbs, but 17 grams of protein in a bar. Plus, they're puffs, protein-infused marshmallow. It's unbelievable. So head to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. Save yourself 15% off your order of Built Bars. Built Bar is built different. Should we go to the next game? Yep, we should. Don't know why I'm asking you. Um, the Nuggets and the Lakers. Does anybody want the uh, 10th seed? I don't think the Lakers do. 129-118. Big Chungus, again, 38, 18, and 6. Three steals and two blocks. 78 fantasy points. By far, the number one fantasy player this season. Big, big Chungus, big Chungus, big Chungus. Big... Again, I should add, he's been unbelievable these last two seasons. A, a, a quick reminder here, and we'll talk about it a bit later on, that because Jokic has been so great, people are going to start complaining and they're going to start instituting rules in their leagues. Oh, Jokic is broken. If you have pick one, then that means you've got to pick last in every other round because you're going to get Jokic and it means you're going to win. Um, there'll be leagues that go, you can't draft Jokic. This will happen. It won't happen everywhere. And you might scoff. I tell you now, this will happen in some leagues. People will institute a Jokic. If you draft, if you have the first round pick, you miss your second round pick. If you have the number one overall pick, you miss yours. People will institute these rules. Do not do it, please. Just because Jokic has been unbelievable for the last two years, does not mean that this continues. Just because Jokic has barely missed any time the last two years, does not mean this continues. I'll just take Damian Lillard at number five. It's just a safe pick. He never gets hurt. He's an Iron Man. Plays through everything. It's just really, really safe. Like, he's just always out there. No way am I touching Joel Embiid. He's going to get hurt. He's always injured. Always. He just doesn't play even 60 games. Why would I draft him? When it comes to fantasy playoffs, he's not going to be there. Don't tell me you didn't hear those statements uttered by somebody at some place in the before the season. So I am. This is in no way me saying don't draft Jokic at number one because you do. But if your league goes about instituting a stupid rule because Jokic has been number one these last two years, I'm sorry, kids, but you're fucking kidding yourself. You do not know what's going to happen. You cannot. Because then if, if Jokic gets hurt week one, tears his ACL, knock on wood, and that team's done. You've just alienated someone completely by instituting a ridiculous rule. Sure, make your league an auction draft so that there's no clear advantage for that number one. Someone will still spend 100 bucks on him and you'll try to institute rules. Don't do it. It's reactionary. In saying that, he was awesome. So was Will Barton, who had 25 points on a sore knee in 37 minutes with six triples. 
shot unbelievably. So did Aaron Gordon, 24 and 8 with three threes. We know that this is not what these guys do regularly, but they're on a nice little hot stretch, both of them. And they are both 12ers. Well, Monty Morris only had six points on 11%, but 10 assists with two steals and a block is a very un-Monty line because there's a lot of ups and downs in that. And that's just not what he does, is it? The big stiffy played 27 minutes, Bones Highland, 10, 2, and 4 with two steals. Not great. I think he's fine in a 12-team league, but I'd be actually really anxious about deploying him going, what is the doctor going to do? What is Malone going to do with his playing time? Will he play him 20, 28? Will he give him one shot? Will he give him 12? What's he going to do? That's what worries me about him. Jeff Green was out to the start of Jermichael. He had, yeah, a shit one. Four fouls in 12 minutes, two points in 12 minutes. Yeah, that's no worries. He's not good. And Davon Reed stepped in with Jeff Green out. 10 points in 21 minutes for Reedy. On to the Lakers. Anthony Davis, his foot is still sore. And he said that doctors told him that, yeah, he can't do it any more damage by playing, but it's still really sore. He had 28, 9, and 8, two steals and three blocks. Like, it's a gigantic line. But I don't know how the best to say this. I get the feeling that Anthony, we can't, you can't do it any worse. I feel like anytime you say that associated with any part of your lower body, it's just not an accurate phrase. You can do something worse. And the fact that Anthony Davis is playing through this in a season, well, let's be, let's be honest, is a, is a lost year for him. They're not doing anything. Um, it's in retaliation, or, or retaliation is not the right word, in response to him constantly hearing a bunch of fuckwits tell him how soft he is because he gets hurt. So he's like, oh, well, they said no damage. I'm going to go and play. And I hope it doesn't end badly because, yes, maybe he doesn't do any more damage to his foot sprain. Compensation is a real issue, though. And if this is hurting him and he's playing through pain, a change in gait, a change in, oh, I've got to protect this, which is an instinct thing, might mean that something else pops off and causes actual real damage. So I'm, I'm, really, I'm worried and I hope he's all right. But I'm worried. It was great. It's great for fantasy that he's back playing, sure. But I'm worried. I thought Russell Westbrook was actually pretty good in this game. 27, 10, and 7, two steals and a block. Unfortunately, 5 of 10 from the line is a killer. But 73% overall is great. And Malik Monk, 11, 3, and 6 in 33 minutes. And now we can talk as much as we want about the poor front office in Los Angeles. But Frank Vogel has to take some of the blame. Taking Austin Reeves out of your rotation to play 28 minutes of Avery Bradley is a war crime, basically. 10 points, two threes for Bradley. Why is he back in the rotation? I swear to God, if the front office brought DeAndre Jordan back, he'd play him 20 minutes again. And just the the complete inconsistent... Dwight Howard's playing 23 minutes, even though Anthony Davis is black. Not black. He is black, obviously, just because he's back. Nice slip of the tongue. He's not... Oh, completely flustered myself now. Um, why is Howard playing these minutes when you had these guys out and Howard would play five minutes? He went from LeBron at center to playing LeBron at three. I know LeBron didn't play in this game. But the shit that he does is wild. Horton Tucker back in the rotation because LeBron was out. He had seven points. While Mallow played 26 minutes. I don't need to see 26 Carmelo Anthony minutes. He scored 17 points, sure. But uh, the, the lack of consistency, some of it injury-based, like it, some of it self-inflicted. Like Anthony Davis brought up in the post game, oh, it's been a hard year. You know, LeBron's been hurt. I've been hurt. We haven't had Kendrick Nunn. Like my guy. Kendrick Nunn. Your season does not hinge on Kendrick Nunn being available. And yeah, let's go on to the next one. Detroit. They're doing their best to lose, man, and they can't do it. 
121-117. That's three straight victories. Three straight victories for Detroit. And they're doing everything they can. And that should give you immense worry about what is going to happen the rest of this week for the Pistons. Immense. Cade Cunningham didn't play. I don't think Marvin Bagley's playing again this year. I honestly don't think Cade's playing again this year. Corey Joseph, I'm not sure whether he plays. And then in this one, Sadiq Bey played only 23 minutes. He had 31 points with seven triples and two steals. And at the end of the game, Dwayne Casey had the audacity to say, oh, if he had played more minutes, he could have gone for 50. And Pistons beat reporters, if there's any of you listening to this, did anyone, I'm pretty sure they didn't, did anyone follow up the question to that, that statement about Sadiq Bey and say, well, Dwayne, why didn't he play more minutes? I know what the answer is. You know what the answer is. It's because they're trying to lose. But why didn't anyone ask so it gets put on record? Because if you've got a problem with tanking, if you've got a problem with this stuff, make him say why he didn't play. Everyone does it. And the incentives are there. I understand understand all of that. But Dwayne, keep your mouth shut. Don't come out and say shit like, oh, if he had played more, he would have scored 50. Play more then. Why didn't you play him more? Why did you play him minutes like his Jamorco picket? Why did he get 23 minutes? Why'd you play Carson Edwards, who was literally signed today, 31 minutes? That's, for those counting at home, seven, sorry, eight more. Eight more than Sadiq Bey. Now, Edwards was okay. And by okay, I mean he had nine assists and two steals. He still jacks up too many shots and can't hit him. 13 points on 15 attempts. But I think Corey Joseph's going to miss. I think Cade Cunningham's going to miss. And Carson Edwards, who is not an NBA caliber player in my mind, is going to have some numbers put up. Isaiah Livers played 35 minutes, 11, 4, and 3, two steals and a block. He's shown enough to me to be a um, rotation NBA player. And with Bagley and Grant likely done, I think you can, can stream him in. See, only 22 minutes for Killian Hayes, much like Sadiq Bay. Wasn't a, the best night from Killian. 10 points, but he had seven assists, a steal, hit two threes. He's a 12 10 league guy. And Isaiah Stewart played 22 minutes as well. Five and eight. You're going to get a lot more of this bullshit going on, and it's going to be risky. Frank Jackson had 19 points. It's very Frank Jackson y. 19 points, no defensive stats. He did have four assists, though. But if Cade's out, if you need scoring, maybe Frank's going to be that guy. I shared it also to a bloke by the name of Braxton Key. 12 points, nine rebounds, three steals for the. Uh, what's, oh, what could I call him? He's got a good name. Tony? Yeah, doesn't really fl- doesn't really fly, does it? Um, key. Eh, I'll think of something. There's got to be something there for him. Um, but maybe there's deeper league value there for him with everyone who's going to be sitting on this team. For the Pacers, Halliburton played 39. He had 19, 9, and 17. 17 assists, zero turnovers, two blocks. Massive game. Brissett played 20 and 10 with four triples, five assists. That's a big game for Brissett again. The Pacers have a horrific schedule this week, though. They play Tuesday and then not again until Saturday. And they only play three games. They've got the Saturday-Sunday back-to-back. So while that's great, would you actually play Brissett on Tuesday with 12 games? Probably not. Then you've got to wait until Saturday. It's not worth it. I reckon almost same as taking a flyer on Isaiah Jackson, who played 23 minutes, 19-7, two steals, three blocks. Now, I think that Goga's going to miss some time here. He gets listed questionable every game with a sore foot and had to leave this one um, with a sore foot. But... You might be able to deploy Jackson once on Saturday. That's it. Buddy Heald had 19, 9, and 4. 
And the Red Rooster had 15 and 6 in 32 minutes. Terry Taylor, again, a deeper league scenario, but stream for Saturday, don't hold until then. I don't know what they're going to do with Goga. Six points in nine minutes with two blocks. That was on the way to a good line. But the foot soreness again, I think he might sit the rest of the week. That'll be a guess. Well, Justin Anderson went scoreless. His minutes have dropped way off. Um, zero points in 17 minutes. So his little bit of value is probably done. Also, yeah, you know that Malcolm Brogdon was out resting again. I'm not tired. If Malcolm Brogdon plays another second this season, I'll get my tits out on this show. Like, there's no way, surely. Not that anyone would want to see my uh, my breasts, but there is no way that Malcolm Brogdon plays a single second this season. Don't dick me over, Indiana Pacers. Guys, betonline.net is your number one source. What a lead-in. Number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships, odds, podcasts, and reviews for all of the different leagues this season. They've also got everything up there for the NCAA title game tomorrow. I'm going to take North Carolina as four-point underdogs against Kansas. What are you going to do? Who do you think is going to win? Straight up against the spread? What's your pick? BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's go to the next one. I said I was going to talk about this later, but I already talked about it. 112 Philadelphia, Cleveland, 108. And I was going to talk about Joel Embiid. 84 fantasy points. Joel Embiid is on with four more games left this season. He could get to 69 games played. And while that is fantastic, Giggity. in fact, some would say it's nice. Um, yeah, I would love to get to 70. But he's been super durable. Hasn't he? Like, fingers crossed, he, he keeps going. He's playing huge minutes. He's playing back-to-backs. He had 44 and 17 in 38 minutes with a steal and five blocks on the second game of a back-to-back. And it will all tie back in again that people will, like, in that end of the first round, start of the second, there was him, there was Anthony Davis. And people avoided them for both the same reasons. And obviously, with Davis, it did not work out. And with Embiid... It blew, your, it blew your socks off. Like, he's the third-ranked player this year. And we know that he's a top five, top six guy on per-game value. We knew that. But the, the, risk, the risk, I'm not saying the risk wasn't there. But what, I'm, what I am trying to say is that it doesn't always persist. And we have to be, before we're drafting, um, you know, medieval comic-length scrolls that you unfurl Bugs Bunny style and it rolls down the street of players that are on our do not draft list, just remember that being injured in the past, shout out Brooke Lopez, who missed like two full years, played 82 games for three years, missed two full years, came back, never missed a game, and now is hurt again. This shit waxes and wanes. It changes all the time. All the time. People are literally going to avoid drafting Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard this year because of injury. I can guarantee you. They will be insane, but they will do it. Because we think that with what happened the year before with an injury is what carries on into the into the future. And Embiid's a great example. Like sometimes you take that risk and it bloody pays off big time. Jimmy Harden played 41. RIP to his hammies. 21, 10, and 10. 31% shooting is shit out. And he's been so bad in that area. 
but 92 from the line is great. While the painter Matisse Thibel had two steals and two blocks, but of course only four points. And the Tyrese Maxi uh, mouth fart continues. 11 points, zero rebounds, three assists. He's outside the top 115 over the last two weeks. I'm not saying that you drop him, you don't drop him, but the Harden hit is obviously um, real and it is uh, impacting him a lot. The Thick Hogsman went back to the Thin Broomstick today. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. 29 from the field, 60 from the line, 11, 5, and 3. It was just a stinker. He'd been really, really good over the last two weeks prior to this, so I wouldn't read too much into that. For the Cavs, Garlo, 37 minutes. I am shocked and stunned that he played all five games this week. Shot poorly again, 39%, but 23, 4, and 4. While Lamar Stevens, he's been such an efficient scorer. 18 points on 60%. He also added in three blocks. Now, Allen and Mobley, Mobley probably returning before Allen, should be back at some point this week, and that's going to have an impact right across the board. Markkinen had 39 minutes, 16 and 7 with four triples. That playing time will go down, as will the 38 that Karis Levert played, and he had 18, 3, and 7. Levert still, over the last two weeks, is not a top 130 player, but he is getting better. Lucky they rushed Rajon Rondo back in the rotation. He had six points in 14 minutes, while the discman, Chetty Osman, C.D. Osman, he played seven minutes, and he is very much on the way out of the rotation, I would say. Again, the C parter, only 20 minutes, 9 and 12. That is as empty as shit. He hurt your field goals and your free throws. A, a quick reminder, Moses Brown is not a good NBA player. He can put up fantasy stats. He won't do it consistently, and he absolutely is, is right to have on your roster at this point. But people will get into the world, mate, they've got to trade Jared Allen so Moses Brown can play. Why shouldn't they be playing him 30 minutes a night? Like, there are people who will say that. And the bloke is not good. He can. Maybe he develops into something good. Probably not. But he will be prone to shit nights like this regularly. Speaking of shit nights, Isaac Okoro. Um, three points in 32 minutes. Zero of two from the field. Proceeded to fuck up your free throws as well. Going three of six there. Like He's just not good. You had the five games from him this week. Was it even actually worth it? I don't think it was. He's ranked outside the top 200 over the last two weeks, 235th for the season, and it's not a minutes problem. He's just a horrific, horrific fantasy uh, contributor. He's just really bad at it. The New York Knickerbockers, they win by 30 over the Orlando Magic, 118-88. At least we got Tom Thibodeau playing his blokes into the final minute while they're up 30. Final two minutes, actually. But I am, yeah. You know, if I shit on Tom Thibodeau, which uh, I, might, I might have done that a couple of times, I'm going to praise him for giving those minutes to Emmanuel quickly. 34 of them, 20, 10, and 10. Three threes, two steals. Now, it infuriates me that they just won't play him 34 a night and let him just run this shit and see what happens. But he is a 12-team league guy. Took a while to get here, but we are here. Burks played 33, 19, 7, and 6. He's top 50 over the last two weeks. He's been really impressive. And hopefully that means they don't go with him as their starting point guard next season, but he's been impressive. While Rowan Barrett had 20, 27, 5, and 6. Not his best night, but not... not Terrible. Well, uh, Obit Toppin. Big night for Obi. I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. 20 and 8 with four threes and a block, and he is a must-roster player with the absence of Randall. While the diseased scrotum had two points in 15 minutes, Ivan Fournier, there is absolutely no reason to not jack him off. Get that garbage out of here! Two points in 15 minutes. Mitchie Robinson also just amazing. 12 and 10, three steals and five blocks. Some big numbers coming in this one. Now, the Magic, let's be fair, they are not trying to win remotely at all. Not even close. Franz Wagner sat. Wendell Carter was out. 
Jalen Suggs was out. I really doubt we see any of those three again. And Cole Anthony lasted three minutes before uh, re-injuring his toe. Almost no chance that Anthony returns this season, would be my guess. Now, it's a risk to drop them, right? It's a risk to drop Wagner, Carter, or Anthony. But uh, Wagner and Anthony... Anthony? Wagner and Anthony in particular, what are they actually giving you? Top 110, maybe? Top 100? If you need to drop them to try and set up some players who are going to play during the week, and then they actually end up playing, does it burn you? Probably not. Now, Wendell Carter would. He's been awesome, like top 60. Those other two aren't at that level. So I think that's worth looking at. Akiki was look really bad. Four and five in 20 minutes, while Fultz, again, strong, 11, three, and six. I like his value here, especially if Anthony sits. Um, deeper leagues, you're going to have to look at Devin Kennedy, which is just amazing to say. Four points in 30 minutes. He had two steals, two blocks, shot 11%, but I think he's going to get some minutes. Well, flaming Mo Wagner. Um, he's been really good this year in the minutes he gets. 18 and 9, 70%. Not saying that he's a must-roster guy, but there's at least some streaming value in him. And the same could be said for Iggy Brazdakis, who played 37 minutes with Wagner out, 13, 4, and 3 with three threes. That's like 16-team league sort of stuff, maybe 14, if, as I expect, Wagner remains out. And I said Isaac Okoro is one of the worst players in fantasy. This bloke's the worst. RJ Hampton. He's been starting for how long? He played 28 minutes, 7, 1, and 2, 18%. There is... Is he the worst um, starting player in the NBA at the moment? Has to be. He's so bad. And I thought he was all right as a draft prospect. I thought he played well at the end of his rookie season. But he has been just unmitigated trash this year. Like, just horrible stuff. Question for you guys who are still watching. Hello. Thanks for being here. Who, Who starts for this team at point guard next year? Fultz or Anthony? Despite what Anthony did to start this season, I th- think it might end up being Fultz. And I don't know where that leaves it. What the- where does that leave Suggs? There's a question to be answered there between where all those guys fit. Hmm. Don't have the answer to that question yet. The Wolves. I don't know why they let Houston get back so close in this one. 139-132. They were up big and the Rockets came back late. Goose played 35 minutes. Anthony Edwards, of course, that is... and with two steals and a block. Pat Beverly was a late scratch. The guy's going to dick you, isn't he? He's really going to dick you over. As apparently he had a few knocks on his ankle. I think he'll be fine to play as we move forward, but maybe we look at him as a streamer. Malik Beasley stepped up. Malik Beasley was ruled out earlier in the day, and then lo and behold, he started and played 28 minutes. 12 points, three threes, two steals and a block. I wouldn't bother unless Bevy's out. While D'Angelo Russell stunk prior to this game, or prior to the last two, actually, 22 points, 9 assists, 4 steals, and 4 triples for Russell. And Towns had 28, 11, and 5. Big numbers for those guys. Josh Okogie played really well in minutes that he was given. 16 of them, 11 points with 2 steals and a block. Obviously nothing to do there with fantasy. But it just further complicates the Okogie, McLaughlin, Noel, Prince minutes, like how they all go. Vanderbilt Vanderbilt Bar played 30 minutes. He had only 2 points, but 6 boards of steal and 2 blocks. That's what he brings. Still probably more of a streamer than anything else, though. For the Rockets, cousin Kevin Porter, 21-6-8, two steals and four threes. It took until now to be a top 70 player, but that's what he is. He's still outside the top 130 for the season, but these sort of numbers we're seeing from him now are what we sort of hoped we would get when we took that plunge in the 70s or 80s. 
And then he was dreadful for basically the entire season. And this is probably going to lead us to getting sucked in again, to doing it once, once over and hoping that he continues this improvement and being that 70, 80 guy. I'll probably end up avoiding him because I don't have the confidence in it, but he is looking better. And it looks better when we don't have Dennis Schroeder or Eric Gordon or, honestly, Christian Wood. Uh, Christian Wood fucks this team up, I reckon. It Just let Porter and J- Jalen Green go to work. Jalen Green, what's that, four or five straight 30-point games? 31 here, four triples, five assists, 67%. Shout out to the rookie wall. Big game from Jalen. Um, he's on a massive Anthony Edwards trajectory. He doesn't have the defensive stats that Edwards did, so that's probably going to keep him away. But remember, Edwards was going in like the 40s or 50s. Jalen's probably going to go in the 60s or 70s, I'd guess, next year. Really turned it on after a horrific start to the season as well. Let's do your mate, the Delicate Dancer. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. 33 minutes, 14 and 15 for Shengun, four assists and a block, 100% from the line, 71 from the field. He's a must-roster player. We said just it's going to take Christian Wood being out, and Christian Wood is out, and this is what we see. I don't know whether they're going to go with him as the starting center next year. They'd be pretty dumb not to. 30 minutes for Josh Christopher, 30 points, three threes, two steals. I like this guy. I really like him. The minutes have been unpredictable, but there's good 14-team league value, maybe pushed to 12. While the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. Another stinker. Nine points in 21 minutes. Very hard for him to be a 12-team league guy, I think. And Gary Bird hit two threes with two steals. So threes and steals, sure, no worries. But everything else about him is rough. Bruno Fernando out of the rotation when Shengun returned. That is not a particularly big surprise. The Portland Trailblazers, they got blown out against the Spurs, 113-92. Not a surprise, even with the Spurs, without DeJounte Murray and Jakob Pertl. Keon Johnson, 19 points, three threes, shot well. He's at least providing stream appeal. I don't want to trust it, though. Same with McLemore, who had 19 and four threes. Now, Benny is the 103rd-ranked player over the last two weeks, and that's really useful, but I don't really trust that. Same with Greg Brown, who somehow hit four threes. Brown, who is a noted shot blocker, just can't block any shots at all at the moment. He's starting, and there is some upside in him. But I wouldn't want to rely upon it. Well, Eubanks had 13 and 13. That's fine. And Brandon Williams, five points on 22%. He still had seven assists and a triple one. You, You probably still want to hold him, but there's some price you have to pay to do that. Chris Dunn had six assists. He's really fallen off. The assists are still good, Thomas Sadoransky style, but that's really about it. Why Alibi did nothing. I don't expect Josh Hart or Trenton Watford or Justice Winslow to play again this season, but none of those guys have been officially ruled out. For the Spurs, DeJounte Murray was probable, and then he was out, and Pop says, oh, no, he'll probably be back next game, but it's Pop, so who knows? They started Trey Jones, who had 18-7-7. Basically, whenever DeJounte's out, you stream in Trey Jones, and he looks pretty solid. Keldon Johnson's massive hot streak continues, 28 points with six triples. He's just doing it through huge minutes, massive usage, some pretty decent efficiency. He's still not doing anything defensively or getting any assists, but the volume is through the roof. He's playing really well. Basel had only eight points on seven shots, which is bad, but six rebounds, five assists, and four steals is good. And without Pirtle, Zach Collins played 31 minutes. He had 18 and 13. He played 25 minutes last game. He's at least a 14-team stream option. Lon Walker, Joshy Richardson, Joshy Primo, they all sort of cut into each other's playing time. 26 for Primo, 24 for Richo, 
24 for Lonnie Walker. Hello. So it's really hard to get excited about any of those guys. Richo maybe is a 12-team league guy, but there's a lot of uncertainty there. And then Jock Landale hurt his foot early. Again, I don't really expect to see him play the rest of this season. So that's going to give um, Zach a little bit more extra playing time to work with uh, as we move forward here. On to the next one. The oh, That's the wrong game. Let's try that again. This is better. The Miami Heat and the Toronto Raptors. 114-109, Miami wins it. They were without Jim Butler, PJ Tucker, Dwayne Dedman, and Gabe Vincent. So the winter soldier, Max Struess, had 23 points with seven triples. We know Struess, he can do this. He can go out there, he can bomb in threes. He can also have two points on nine shots. But he is starting, and I don't think that's going to change. And that can be at least 14-team league worthy. Victor Oladipo played 27 minutes. 21 points, six triples, four assists, and two steals. That's vintage Oladipo. Remember, he had been out of the rotation prior to this game. I think he'll probably go back into the rotation, but it won't be at a level that's high enough to make a difference for 12-team leagues. That's my guess. Lowry had 16, 6, and 10 in a revenge game, I guess. Well, Hero had 18, 9, and 8 in 36 minutes. Markeith Morris, another one of those blokes who was out of the rotation, started with Tucker out. 10, 3, and 4 with three steals. I don't expect him to stay there. Well, Duncan Robinson, holy shit. Zero points in 13 minutes. He's just, God, he's horrible. He's so bad. And Adebayo really struggled as well, from the line especially. Four of nine for 16 and nine with zero steals and zero blocks. Caleb Barton started for Butler at four blocks out of nowhere. Do not trust that. Trust the fact that he had four and three in points and rebounds more than he had one steal and four blocks. For the Raptors, late withdrawal was uh, the Jedi, Ojin and Obi. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop, Wugs. OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. Um, Ananobi was out with a sore thigh. It was apparently pretty heavily bruised. Uh, we know there's been a lot of bullshit with that this season. Fingers crossed he doesn't miss time. Malachi Flynn was available to play in this game, and he didn't, so bear that in mind. Van Bleet, 29-2-7, three steals. Huge game. Siakam, 29-8-5, two steals. Huge game. Barnsey, 19-7-2 with two steals. Pretty good game. Gaz Trent, 19-2-1 with three steals. Pretty good game. And then it's a bunch of nothing. Boucher had 8-8 eight eight in 22 minutes. Even with OG out, didn't really step up. Achua just was horrible. 3-2-1 on 25% from both the field and the line. What does that calculate out to? A true shooting of 26%. Yikes. That's really bad. Um, despite all of the talk of how much he's improved and how helpful he is, he's ranked 234th over the last two weeks, 279th for the season. The percentages are killers. The big tree, Ken Birch started. He had zero points in 13 minutes, and Thad Young played 18 minutes. So again, the Boucher, Young, Birch, Achua, all that group, they just eat each other's playing time, and it doesn't leave any of them as being any sort of reliable option. The Suns and the Thunder. Yeah, I'm sure we all could have picked this happening. Absolutely. The Thunder win, 117-96. They didn't just win. They win by 21. Now, the Suns sat Booker, Aiton, and Crowder, but surely they had enough to get the win. It's pretty amazing. Chris Paul, 11-2-9 with three steals. Cam Johnson played 32 and had 14 with two triples and two steals. But, again, Crowder out. So I don't think Johnson's a must-roster player. Landry Shamet had 10 points with two threes. Sort of did what you wanted him to, I guess. But see you later. He can be dropped. And then Biombo and McGee split those minutes. 23 to JaVale, 22 to Bismack. Bismack had 7-6 and six and McGee had 8-5. and five, So nothing exciting there either. And Bridges really... He ramped up the usage. He didn't take advantage of it, did he? 18 points, 17 shots, no assists, no blocks, one steal. Rough night there. Rough night from this team in general. And Aaron Holiday just getting garbage time minutes, by the way. But the Thunder. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Alexei Pokyshevsky, point Poku. Played point guard in this game for a bit of the game. He had uh, 36 minutes, 17, 10, and 12, a steal, a block, three threes. Remember at draft time, I said, look, he's not a center. He's like a seven-foot point guard. And we saw it finally unleashed. He is an absolute must-roster player. Well, the incantation, Olivier Saar. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. 24 points with five threes in 22 minutes and two blocks. That is a huge line. I, I don't really trust that, but in 14s, I, I'd snap him up. I'd snap him up in 14-team leagues. Krejci, 11, 6, and 8. He's a 14-team league guy as well. Well, Maladon struggled. Roby struggled with 11 and 8 and two steals. And Maladon had 9, 4, and 5. And Jalen Horde went from 20 rebounds to a 4 and 4 game in 24 minutes, showing that that 20-rebound game was maybe something that he plucked straight out of his anus. Maybe. He went to the bench with Pokashevsky back. I don't expect Trey Mann to return this season. So, you know, Krejci and even Wiggins had 17, 6, and 4, but he's hot and cold. You know, Krejci and Saar... And Maladon, those guys, well, Maladon and Roby are 12-team must, as is Poku. Rissar, Krejci, um, and Waters are probably 14-16-team to 16 team league guys on this Thunder squad. But there's going to be so many ups and downs with this team just because of the way the players are and who they are and their inconsistency with their level, level of talent. All right, let's go to the next game. The Warriors with a pretty comfortable win over the Kings, 109-90, despite Clay. And Otto Porter both resting. They did play Andre Iguodala. That's not... No, they didn't, sorry. Iguodala was out. They, they did play Draymond Green, but only 24 minutes. Six, seven, and five. Two threes, a steal, and two blocks. Still good numbers, but on a bit of a lower minutes load. Same with Looney, who played only 15. Very interesting to see that they did not play Modi Muzi at all. When you look at Modi Muzi... Modi Muzi... Modi Muzi... Modi Muzi... Modi Muzi... Modi Muzi... By it all, he mean he played two minutes of garbage time, but didn't get into the regular rotation, while Bielitsa had 19, 12, and 6. That's a huge game, but no way of predicting that. Like, every other game that Clay and Otto Porter had, he doesn't do this. And with Draymond around, I wouldn't have expected that. It was good, but I don't think it means we add him anywhere. Wiggins had 25, 5, and 5, while Poole had 22, 5, and 5. Good shooting off from Jordan Poole, but not as high as we would have hoped without Clay out. Um, Kaminga went from out of the rotation basically to 17, 5, and 4 in 31 minutes with a steal and a block. Very good game from Johnny, but I just don't expect him to play most nights while Peyton only played 19 minutes despite starting. The three steals are good for Gaz, but he did have um, four fouls, so that limited his playing time there. For the Kings, the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. He had 30 minutes at the end of the third quarter. Ended up playing just five in the final term. 18 and 10 with a three. Like, good enough numbers to hold. But remember, the Kings have a dreadful schedule. After playing on Tuesday, they have Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday off. Now, I think Damian Jones is probably good enough to hold on to, but Barnes might not be. 17 and six for Jones, and Mitchell had nine, one, and nine. Like, that's really bad for Mitchell. Can you afford zeros on three days of low volume? to hold on for one game of someone like Barnes or Jones or Mitchell or Lyles, who really struggled here, seven points in 21 minutes. It's a tough call because you probably would play them or you would play them on the Saturday. And some of these guys like Jones and Mitchell, you probably would play on Sunday. But would Barnes, with every team playing, is Barnes going to play for you on Sunday? Would Lyles? Will they play for you on Tuesday with 12 games on? And if the answer is no, then they're clear drops rather than holding to see what happens Saturday. So look at Barnes. 
or DiVincenzo, who was pretty good here. 14, 4, and 4 with two steals. Jones, Mitchell, Lyles. Will you play them Tuesday? Will you play them Sunday? And if the answer is no, then they're clear drops. Jazz Holiday went from like 12 minutes to 26. He had six points with two triples. And Joshy Jackson played 20 minutes for, I don't know, a, a reason of some sort. I'm not really sure what it was. Chimizu Metsu also got 22 minutes. The Lyles thing is frustrating because he's been playing 30 plus and then he goes out there and shits the bed with seven and three. Again, look at the schedule. Look at how it makes sense on your roster. Will Barnes, DiVincenzo, Jones, Mitchell, Lyles, all 12 team options. Will you play them more than twice this week? Will you play them more than once this week? And that three-day gap where they don't play could be an absolute killer in terms of holding them, just waiting to see what happens on the weekend. All right, so let's do that last game now. Another blowout, unfortunately, as the Clippers take care of business against the Pelicans, 119-100. Ingram was pretty okay, I guess. 15-8-4, but 27% shooting. I guess the big surprise here is the play of Larry Nance. 28 minutes, 10-8 and eight with two threes. I think it's the 28 minutes that are interesting, but yes, maybe he takes over from Jackson Hayes, who still had 12-10 and 10 with the triple one. But Valanchunas played 22 minutes. Him and CJ McCollum were a putrid minus 21 in their playing time. So, of course, Valanchunas lost his minutes. CJ didn't. 8-9 um, and nine for JV. No foul trouble. No injury. Like, is that going to be an everyday thing? I highly doubt that. So I highly doubt that 28 minutes for Larry Nance is going to be something that happens every night. So I wouldn't rush to grab him. As for Hayes, the 12 and 10 still looks all right, but it's the minutes that are low. I don't think he's a priority. Um, Jose Alvarado, eight minutes. Devontae Graham, 18 minutes. Those numbers should be switched. Graham is obviously not a 12 or a 14 team league guy. I say obviously, but he's still rostered in a ton of spots. So, get that garbage out of here! You need to drop him, whereas Alvarado, it's really hard to trust if he's going to play under 10 minutes. Herb Jones was pretty good, 13 and 8. A steal, two blocks, while McCollum had 19, 3 and 4 on 39%. For the Clippers, Marcus Morris got red hot early. He had 22 points, two steals and two blocks, played 27 minutes. Prior to today, he was ranked 341st in the last two weeks. So I wouldn't get overly excited. While Zubats had 16 and 14 and Hartenstein had 12 and 9 with two threes. Room enough for both of them to be 12-team league guys, it looks like. Pretty poor shooting night from Paul George, but 15, 5 and 7 with five threes. And Reggie Jackson, 11, 2 and 10 with two steals. They both shot horribly, but put up fantasy stats. While Bob Covington, 43 points, 11 triples the other day. He had um, eight in 18 minutes. He still had two steals and a block, but this was always going to happen when George and everyone else returned. Mann played 29 minutes. He had 15, three and three. A lot of that's garbage time. I wouldn't be rostering him. Canard had 14 with four threes in 24 minutes. These are just stream guys and not must roster players. And then Batum had six points in 23 with five assists. Again, he's probably more on that stream side versus being a must roster guy. That will take us through to the lines of the night. The Monstrous does go to Joel Embiid. Your waiver wire line of the night somehow goes to Nemanja Bielica. Don't overreact to that. Young gun is Anthony Edwards. He did sprain his ankle, but was able to play through that. So that's a good sign. Just back on Bielica, and I should have mentioned this when talking about the Warriors. They don't play till Thursday. So they don't play Monday like everyone else. They don't play Tuesday or Wednesday. So fringe guys, not that you have many of them, but Otto Porter, obviously, is a drop. Is Clay Thompson a drop if he doesn't play until Thursday? You probably want to hold. Jordan Poole, you definitely want to hold. Draymond? Like, 
it's rough having no games for the first uh, first two days of the week in Tuesday, Wednesday. But still probably want to hold again because it looks worse because everyone misses Monday. But they still don't play till Thursday. Anyway, your dud of the night is the diseased scrotum, Ivan Fournier. Top 10 players today. Number one was Embiid, followed by Jokic, then Jalen Brown, Anthony Edwards, Anthony Davis, Doncic, Van Vliet, Halliburton, Bielitsa, and Sadiq Bey. Top 10 players in under 50% of leagues. Bielitsa, don't care. Olivier Saar, maybe. Bit of a stream option, at least for 14s. Dwight Powell looks like a 12-teamer. Brissett, maybe, but it's a shit schedule. They don't play the quality game until Saturday. So I wouldn't burn an ad on him. Uh, Struess, again, very up and down and took advantage of Butler and Tucker being out today. So I wouldn't overreact too much to that one. Same as Trey Jones, who took place the, the place of Murray. Um, Struess has a little bit more value than Trey Jones, of course. Oladipo also stepped up with all those guys out. I don't even know that he's in the rotation, so don't bite. Joshy Christopher's a maybe, and Isaiah Jackson's a maybe. But Jackson, like Brissett, doesn't play a quality game until Saturday. So you might not actually even use him for that long. Five days, and it's not great. Well, Obert Toppin needs to be rostered. Top 10 points league players. Number one was Embiid, then Jokic, Doncic, Davis, Halliburton, Westbrook, Jalen Brown, Anthony Edwards, quickly in towns. And that will do it for me today. Guys, don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.